everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And it's week two of February of Netflix month. It is week two of Netflix month. And you know what? Having a ball. I'm really excited to talk about this movie this week because it's been so long since I've seen it. It felt like a new viewing, truly and honestly. And was this the first time that you've seen this movie? Yeah. Uh, honestly, hyped. Hyped as fuck. So I really want to hear what you think because, I don't know, there's a lot and not a lot that happens at the same time with this movie. So we'll definitely jump into that a little bit later. Obviously, by the title, you know that we're going to be talking about Identity, which is streaming on Netflix, of course. But before we jump into the movie, I uh, don't really have too much that i've been watching this week honestly with my free time lately i've been watching not horror movies like i've been watching comedies musicals so really haven't seen anything spooky lately but there is a lot of news that's coming out so i do want to do another very quick this week in horror uh so it is official this news dropped pretty much right after we recorded last week so we didn't get to talk about it but Paramount and Spyglass have ordered up a new Scream movie. So after seeing, of course, the phenomenal reception and just how great that the latest film has done, the series is pretty much going to continue forward. Radio Silence is set to go ahead and start production on the film this summer. Matt Bettinelli, Oplin, and Tyler Gillett are set to return. They're going to be directing the film again. Alongside them are returning writers James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. And of course, Kevin Williamson is set to executive produce the film alongside Chad Villela. So, bitch, another Scream movie. Like, I feel like it was bound to happen. Oh, yeah. And didn't. I was never under the impression that this was the end. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it very briefly. Like, if this. And spoilers, I guess, for anybody who hasn't had the opportunity of watching the movie. Uh, probably skip ahead five minutes or so. Who really knows? But skip ahead a little bit because minor spoilers. Uh, but we did kind of talk about it briefly. Like if the movie did end the way that it wraps up in the 2022 film, you know, we'd be, be maybe okay with it. But I don't think anybody ever thought we weren't going to get another screen movie. Right. We're that bitch. We knew we were. <laughs> we knew. And I'm so excited. So like, what do we want to see with this new movie like what direction do we think they, they could possibly go in matthew lillard as killer thank you <laughs> you you and the scream stands are you're never gonna let him you're not gonna let that man rest in peace i will say that no never <laughs> honestly take me to his grave and show me his dead body and i might believe you <laughs> Once the camera shows us his entire, like, like you said, his gravesite, that's the only time we're going to let it go. Because honestly, I ha have already seen like the hype around it. And obviously people calling for Stu to come back, calling for Kirby to come back, excited to see the new characters. I Kirby can stay dead. <laughs> the hate doesn't look good on you, sweetie. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it's like controversial, but the one thing... That I really do hope with this movie is like, I don't want Sydney to come back. Yeah, no, I don't want any of the originals. I don't. I, Gail and Sydney are so iconic. And... But Stu. <laughs> <laughs> the only original. See, but if he comes back, like it would only make sense, I guess, if Sydney's still around. Nah. Unless it just, he's just crazy killing random people that, you know, didn't throw a TV on his face 20 something years ago. But like, I don't want Sydney back. I don't want to see her go through this again i would rather her be happy and away and you know after the untimely death of dewey like there's really no reason for her to come back to woodsboro um yeah. and it, i mean the film doesn't have to take place in woodsboro but like i just don't see her being involved in this anymore because like what's what's what else is there for her to do at this point you know right it would just feel like we're clinging to the like end plot of the last movie over and over and over. Yeah. And see the latest entry in the series. is like such a love letter. Like we talked about it. It really does feel like a love letter to the original film, to West, to the fans and Sydney coming back and just being a badass in like pretty much like the last 40 minutes of the movie. 
I mean, it just felt like a solid into her character. Like she's grown so much since the original film. She was able to come back and just be a bad bitch. And I say we let her do that and just stay away. Like I don't want her to, you know, be on the chopping block ever again. Yeah. That would be iconic though, to bring them back to bring them back for six. I'm mean, sorry, for five. Kill Dewey, and then let us think that they're going to let them live in peace. And then bring Stu, Sydney, and Gail back and just murder all, all of them. Oh, my God. The fans would be <laughs> livid. We would have, like, a real-life situation. Like, we would really have some fans out here trying to kill people. There's already a petition online to bring Dewey back, girl. Oh, my God. And there's that. Oh, my God. And people go are going into David Arquette's likes and seeing how he's like. He liked one specific tweet talking about how the directors don't know what they're doing, killing Dewey. And, you know, Wes wouldn't want to do that. And, like, you know, he liked it. And now everybody's just like, oh, he's also so upset that he died. Let's bring him back. I'm just like, girl, what is done is done. <laughs> Let the <laughs> yeah. man be dead. He just died. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's a crazy fan theory. You know, 20 years in the making, like, this man just died, like, in 2022. We're still in the year of his death. Like, let, let's let it He marinate. died last month. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> let's let it marinate a little bit before we start petitioning for him to come back. My God. I don't see a petition out there for Tatum. Rose McGowan yeah. is, you know, running around being Rose McGowan, and we're not petitioning for her to come back. So, like, just let them in. Let him rest. You know, David Arquette is probably breathing easy after a whole fucking 20 years of doing screen movies I, I mean to be honest i would miss the paycheck so i might be a little salty too if i was around for so long and was murdered finally was he hot in that movie because he was looking so good to me for some reason in that movie daddy so hot the rugged look silver fox yes so sexy but yeah i mean i'm so excited to see what they do with this movie i would love it if they just like continued like with like the requel of it all i suppose and like if they just went to college next and they were on a college just like in the original scream 2 and it's you know our new cast of people i would love it i don't even give a fuck i miss i it hasn't been so long since we've seen like a slasher movie on a college campus and i need it yeah sorority row is like the last thing that i can think of maybe is like actively taking place on a college campus that's like a slasher film yeah maybe the roommate but I think that came out in 2009 also. So I have no idea if there's been anything When did since. Wolf Creek come out? Cry Wolf? Cry Wolf. Wolf Creek. Also, <laughs> <laughs> like, that one is the Australian this is, one. <laughs> this is how I get fucking random movies on our queue is I think that they're a different movie. <laughs> uh, that one's from 2005. So yeah, also very old. It's been a minute since we've seen a movie. I mean, somebody come into my DMs and drag me if there has been a horror movie slasher type vibe that's taken place on a college since sorority row because i can't think of anything uh, what a prom night remake 2008 was it eight yeah for some reason i thought that was like out of high school no and that was also just like in a hotel too so like i need some college campus vibes my girl oh you're right they're in high school i'm an idiot <laughs> prom night <laughs> uh but yeah i need some college vibes so if they go back to the college scene i'm down for it yeah i need somebody's roommate to go wild yeah we need some more roommates being crazy honestly i just i can't wait like i'm so excited that we get more screen movies and we're thriving we're winning so my ghost face kink is thriving right now thriving oh my god let me there's this picture there's this artist that i follow on instagram and they like try to sexy up like <laughs> killers in movies um it's not chris wright we all have seen chris wright's work he's iconic but um <laughs> excuse me they're iconic deep breaths um, but somebody just did Timothy Oliphant from Scream 2. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to see if I can find it. I can't find out how I go to my like post on Instagram. I'm old. Um, but if I find it, you know, I'll send it to you because hot. There's so this hot. guy who does like, um, like a mix of like ASMR and then like really naughty voiceovers on TikTok. While wearing a ghost face mask. And girl, if he don't hit all my markers. <laughs> ah, so hot. Honestly, media is thriving on the Scream like revival right now. And I'm living for it. Yeah, girl. 
everybody's litty titty for the Scream movies again. Like, honestly, like, again, the marketing was killer. I still hear Roger Jackson's voice all over TikTok every day. People keep using that to do, like, the speech-to-text thing or the text-to-speech thing. So, honestly, we're on, like, we're in a golden age right now, I feel like. Like, we'll look back on this years from now and just be like, wow, we got to live through that entire Scream and Slasher resurgence, and it was everything. We're in the golden age, a scream revival. Yeah, I'll be in the nursing home again years from now looking back on this being so happy. So but like remember that time that five cream came out and I got my back blown out by Ghostface? Oh <laughs> remember how much crazy premarital sex we had with people wearing Ghostface masks? That's gonna be the conversation years from now. I mean, I mean, I got stories to tell. <laughs> but yeah, so excited. Scream 6 is official. I uh, don't know what it's going to be called. It's probably going to be called Scream Kills. Scream. Stop. Scream again. <laughs> Scream again. Yes. <laughs> I tweeted out, uh, like, I was trying to be like, just kind of be like funny. And I was like, what are we going to call this one again? I and mean, people were literally just sending me like a whole bunch of different options. And I love Scream again. I think it's funny. So if they call it Scream again, I don't give a fuck. At this point. I don't care. Scream again. Scream louder. Scream louder. That's going to be the last one in this trilogy. Oh, hot. Hot. Oh, my God. Moan. They just make one called Moan. The porn parody. <laughs> Probably already is, girl. I think there's one that's just called Cream, maybe? Cream. Hot. Because I'd I be creaming. No, it's <laughs> um, But, like, so the Mori in Dead by Daylight for Ghostface, I need to see that exact shot. In a Scream movie. Oh, I would love Ghostface to take a selfie with one of his victims. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every, time I play, every time I play against a Ghostface, I, like, try and get worried by them. Hot. The kinks are alive and well. Honestly. <laughs> these people don't know that they're participating, but... <laughs> they haven't signed the consent form, but it's happening. Oof, that makes me sound like a creep. <laughs> Okay, yes, Scream 6, I'm so excited. I'm sure as news continues to drop, just like originally, we'll be here talking about it. So be on the lookout. I'm so excited. Another quick little story. Goosebumps is returning to Disney Plus, though. So Variety reported earlier this week that the show has been given the green light and Disney is working on a 10-episode series. So the synopsis is as follows. The series follows a group of five high schoolers who unleash supernatural forces upon their town and must all work together thanks to and in spite of their friendships, rivalries, and past with each other. In order to save it, learning much about their own parents' teenage secrets in the process. That sounded like a bunch of gibberish to me, and this sounds eerily similar to the 2015 film where... You know, they unleash a whole bunch of the, you know, the monsters from the Goosebump books. And, like, I don't know. It seems very familiar. And, I mean, speaking of that, like, the director of that film is set to direct the first episode. And is also going to be an executive, uh, an executive producer and writer for this series. So, I didn't mind that 2015 Goosebump film. It definitely didn't feel as intentionally spooky as the original show was. Because, uh, I mean, that show from the 90s, although insanely bad like looking back on it it was everything and it, they deliberately tried to scare you you know i was always freaked out as a kid watching that show so i just hope that this new series definitely takes like a more serious approach if they can manage that um but i guess we'll have to wait and see what happens i mean we were concerned whenever they started mentioning the fear street movies yeah true so and i i think they did wonderfully and I, I mean, I know that, like, obviously not the same creators, but I feel like since they've watched the success from the Fear Street movies, they're probably taking, like, notes and knowing what to do and what not to do based off of, like, criticisms on that. So hopefully they'll follow through or maybe they'll just be like they don't want to associate with fear street and just fucking <laughs> do whatever the fuck they want because it's mickey mouse <laughs> yeah that's the only thing. honestly that makes me so nervous that it's disney disney but... plus has so much stuff though they do and like some of the original content's great disney owns like all the creators now so i mean we can't just write them off just because it's disney 
True, true, true. But it just when I think of like kid property, you know, Goosebumps is still like a kid's, you know, uh, series. So I think you know something that's directed towards children in Disney. I just think of something that. I don't know. I'm nervous. But then again, I can't say that because a lot of their shows are great and, you know, a lot of their movies are fantastic. And I guess we can just put our trust into them. But I just hope it's good. I Again, I don't mind the most recent movie that came out in 2015. I haven't even seen the sequel to that one. But I, I, know I didn't hate it. I thought it was fun. It just it seemed a little crazy. So I just hope that they can kind of bring down the tone a little bit, make it a little bit spookier like, I expect to see Slappy, at least in this movie. I need that talking dummy, for sure. Um, and I don't know. I'm just, again, like, it's this is new. We don't know much about it. We haven't seen anything. We really haven't heard much. But you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And uh, you know what? More Goosebumps is always the best. I hope they just keep the theme song. Just leave it. Like, don't change Ooh, it. Ooh, right? Like, you cannot change the theme song. Like, I don't know who y'all have to pay, but Disney, you have the money. Use that same thing song, please. <laughs> you got it, girl. We know you got it. Stop holding out on us. Literally, the stop production of the next, like, fucking Marvel movie. I don't give a fuck. Use that money and make <laughs> sure that you use the original Goosebumps theme song. I don't want to be no like that No more bitch. Spider-Man, only Goosebumps. Cut it off. I don't want to see that anymore. Cut the cameras, dead ass, on all the Marvel co- uh, production, because I need the Goosebumps theme song to, bre- to be back. That's a bop. I'd be chair twerking every time I hear it. And also, I love, I know I, I kind of go on tangents about this a lot, but I love that um, they're reviving a lot of early 90s media, especially now that I have a child, because Alita's started watching YouTube with Slappy, oh. the puppet, uh-huh. and I mean, obviously, like, YouTube is a fucking wild land for children, dude. They go off on some shit that I don't exactly approve of. But, um, so like, obviously it's not following the plot, but she is interested in him as a character and we've explored buying like the books and reading them together maybe later on. Um, so like, I'm excited that she'll have access to a character that's old to me, but a story that's new to her. Yeah, uh, I love that, honestly, so much. And, like, that's the beauty of Goosebumps, girl. It really is a gateway to, you know, bigger and better things in the world of horror for children. So I can't wait. And, again, I'm going to give them all the good energy that it's going to turn out fantastic because I can't wait for it. Fingers crossed. But you know what? Let's just go ahead and jump into the movie discussion for this week. We're going to go ahead, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back. And this week we are discussing Identity. Originally released on April 25th, 2003, the film was made on an estimated budget of around $28 million. It would go on to see an opening weekend of about $16.2 million in the US and Canada before going on to make a worldwide gross of about $90 million. The film has a runtime of one hour and 30 minutes and was directed by James Mangold. We have a very heavy cast here. There's so many people in this movie. But to name a few, we have John Cusack as Ed, Ray Liotta as Rhodes, Amanda Peet as Paris, John Hawks as Larry, Clea Duvall as Ginny, John C. McGinley as George, Alfred Molina as Dr. Malik, Pruitt Taylor Vince as Malcolm Rivers, and Brett Lawyer as Timmy. Stranded at a desolate Nevada motel during a nasty rainstorm, 10 strangers become acquainted with one another, and then they start to realize that they are being killed off one by one. So, identity. Uh, Very much an early 2000s film, for sure. It's one of those movies where we've had this conversation before, but there's a... It seems like multiple ideas were brought to the table and everybody said, bet, 
And yeah. they just said that everybody's idea is approved, but we're not 100% going through with any of them. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Okay. Let's just kind of start at the beginning here. And with this discussion with this movie, uh, we're not really going to do like scene by scene because it is kind of all like just like one long scene. They're all just like running around this motel the entire time. But I kind of want to start with just the twist, like pretty much first and foremost, uh, just because I do think it is a subject that, I mean, it's been brought up most recently, especially with the split movie in 2017, but just the the portrayal of individuals with disassociative identity disorder on film and TV, um, you know, it can be a subject that can very much come off as offensive to individuals who have been diagnosed with this disorder. And it's just kind of, I mean, because with the movie, I mean, pretty much what we're presented, again, is these individuals, complete strangers, they're all stuck in a motel together. And by the end of the movie, we discover that they are each an individual personality or an alter of a man named Malcolm Rivers, who is being um, sentenced to death for the murder of six individuals four years prior to this. Uh, But as we come to find out, his doctor, who is played by Alfred Molina, who is Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2, iconic, legendary. Doc Um, Ock is... (laughs) (laughs) Just choke me with those metal arms, baby. Uh, But yeah, so Malcolm and his doctor are... And along with his attorney, of course, are pretty much having this emergency hearing in the middle of the night with the judge uh, to initially kind of display that, you know, he isn't guilty, that this man isn't guilty because, you know, he doesn't recall murdering these individuals because it wasn't him. It was one of his identities, one of his alters. And I guess the idea with the movie here is that they're that this man is having all of his alters meet in this one location and they're being killed off one at a time by one of the alters who is the one that did commit these murders four years prior. And it's, it's, a, it's a wild plot point. Uh, and I can definitely understand how it can come across as offensive to some. I did look up um, a whole bunch of different articles, obviously, and uh, you know, a lot of medical experts and individuals who do have DID. You know, they don't tend to really enjoy the portrayal of DID in film and TV. And I mean, it's very much understandable because you watch something like this and, you know, you come away with thinking, oh, you know, th- you know, oh, you know, they're murderers or, you know, they're, they're one of their identities is going to kill me or something like that. And like, that's just like the general stigma that can come off with watching something like this. Because I do believe, and although I didn't remember any of this, I remember watching this as a child and it didn't stick with me. But, you know, watching this as a kid, this is probably one of the first things that I was presented in how I was educated on DID as a kid, you know, and this is what I'm going to take with it. Uh, Or this is what I'm going to take from it, you know, is like this plot. So although it's a little lanky and it probably wouldn't really work in, you know, 2022, I do think for a 2003 film, it's an interesting twist. I really honestly did not see it coming and it really does kind of help lend to the absurdity that we are seeing in this motel. Because, bitch, it's absurd up in this bitch. Yeah. I I didn't get it. I'm not, I'm not sure that I do get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, no, I understand DID. And I understand, like, that plot point. I do. Uh-huh. But, like, what the fuck? Who's Timmy? Is Timmy an alter? Yes, I believe. They all... They're all alters. Everybody that we see in the motel setting and interacting with those characters are all alters. I do believe that. So then uh, who was murdered? What do you mean? In real life? They, yeah. Some random people at an apartment Okay, complex. so none of these people in this hotel like, were genuinely murdered. This is all in no. his head. Yes, these are the alters in his head that are being offed one at a time by one of the other alters, which in itself isn't really possible but malcolm killed several people at some point malcolm's body his physical body yeah (laughs) yeah malcolm's body killed somebody yes but we're to assume it was the altar of timmy that actively killed these people in real life yeah um which in itself again doesn't seem plausible because in kind of looking into these uh what look kind of watching this movie and kind of researching around it you know a lot of people online 
because that was one of the things I looked up. I legitimately looked up. I was like, you know, with DID, can your alters or identities initially be killed off, quote, end quote. And, you know, most medical experts and individuals who have been diagnosed with DID don't adhere to that. That's not really something that happens. Uh, they can disappear or, you know, with proper care and, um, you know, mental health resources and, you know, professional treatment by, you know, specialists, the alters can initially, I don't know if dormant is the right term, but they can initially disappear. So it's not like they're actively being killed off like this, which in itself, they're again, probably can... just being pushed to the back. Right. And so again, I, if you're looking at this, I mean, don't come to this movie expecting it to be like a, a full educational. Blown, yeah. <laughs> it, that's not what this is. It's, yeah. it, it pretty much is taking this diagnosis and this um, disassociative identity disorder and twisting it into like this thriller yeah. mystery esque film that we are now being presented. Taking a real disorder and fucking running with it is what they did. Yeah. And you know what? Like, although again, I don't think it would work in today's modern landscape. There's something about this movie that I enjoy. I don't know if it's just the aspect of the rain not stopping the entire time. Because you know a bitch loves to be wet. And I love when it's raining. I love when horror movies just have rain pouring. Because you just know it's like, you know, some PA with a fucking hose just standing there. I don't know. It's crazy. I love it. And the fact that this entire, like, motel piece also was set inside of, like, an actual studio, like, they were doing this all indoors is also fucking insane to me. And I just think there's something beautiful about it. Logistically, this is supposed to be set in Nevada. Uh-huh. And Nevada's never seen that much rain in <laughs> its life. So the, it, it can happen. There's been sometimes this kind of rain I've never seen in my time living here. Um, but again, like, my knowledge of the state of Nevada is Las Vegas, Reno, and then they mentioned Carson City one time, which I believe is the capital of the state. That's all I know. <laughs> so, like, you know, these crazy back roads, I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> I don't know if, you know, there are crazy rainstorms that are happening out here in the desert. Because, again, like, monsoon season's a real thing. But, yeah, this rainstorm is crazy, girl. And... I don't know. To me, I do think where the movie does like really thrive is probably is with the presentation. I don't mind the directing at all. I think everything looks, it almost looks like a film noir. You know what I'm saying? It kind of looks like a mystery, but it, it definitely seems like they're kind of taking a little bit more of a, well, at the time, modern approach to it. The color scheme is like very like beigey and green. drab. Yeah, like there's not a lot of color to it, mm -hmm. um. So I don't like I don't mind it. And you, when I'm watching like a mystery, initially, like that's like that's kind of the vibe that you get from a mystery. Uh, so I I, I don't know. I there's I can't not hate or I can't hate something that's like a whodunit. I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, and so like this entire movie, like when I was watching it, I was like, this is fun. Like I'm having a great time. I love like people getting knocked off one by one. Uh, Clea DeVos character at one point, like kind of compares it to Agatha Christie's and then the Renan novel, which is one of my favorite books by her. And I don't know. I loved it. I loved the little nods. And, you know, the twist is when it gets a little wild for me. Um, well, I wouldn't even say that because some of these deaths in this movie are just wild. The pipe down the throat, girl. Yeah, that that bat down the throat. And you know what? Is this like the cleanest movie that we've ever talked about? Like I like yeah. there was like hardly any blood in this movie. Probably besides like Jurassic Park or something. Like I don't think we've talked about a movie that has like this minimal amount of gore and blood. Probably, yeah. Well, Jawbreaker. Oh yeah, Jawbreaker didn't have too much blood either. And like Scooby Doo on Zombie Island or something. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like really, this is like I like I I was kind of shocked that we didn't get much more. For as many people that died, <laughs> we didn't get a whole lot of blood. We get people getting knocked the fuck out with cars. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely demolished by cars, dude. Rail the girl. Is John Cusack hot? Yeah, he is so hot. It was at first. It was like really hard for me to like. I don't think he was hot. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, the more I'm watching this, and honestly, maybe just because Amanda Pete is so gorgeous and hot herself, and then like she's being attracted to this man, I'm like, oh yeah, well, if she's hot and attracted to him, their energy together is hot, so he has to be hot. 
And then like just the more I kept looking at him, it was just working for me. Maybe it's like the big oversized coat. I don't know. I love something about <laughs> a man who when he takes it off, anything could be under there. It could be any type of body. You know, it, I, I, I'm interested. I need to know. The mystery is it's there and I'm all about it. It's not the best part of like hooking up with strangers. It's like taking off their clothes and saying, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. <laughs> or maybe that's just my slutty. That's my slutty brain, I guess, when I'm out and about. But <laughs> yeah, I stared at him for a good portion of this movie. I'm like, are you sexy, sir? I can't tell. I feel like garbage because this was me with everybody in this movie. I don't know if I was just, <laughs> I don't know if I was just so horny watching this movie honestly i was watching this movie in bed the first time i watched it i was like under the covers and i was super cozy so i don't know if it was just like me being super relaxed but every single person i was like are they hot ray Liotta, i was like is he hot stop and then that right now i was like is he hot and then larry the gross like motel owner who doesn't turn out to be <laughs> motel owner, i was like is he hot like with standards out the window gone i don't know it's the motel setting it's the rain when i'm just seeing everybody wet rain. dripping in <laughs> dripping with water and i'm like yeah let's get let me a, dry you up yeah let's Daddy. get into a nice warm room and just have a ball like that was my vibe the entire time but i don't know i think it really is the aesthetic i was just horny this entire movie <laughs> this aesthetic the most drabby fucking hotel right down in the middle it. of nowhere bitch this is when i would sit down as a kid and write stories like this is the exact type of setting i would like make up in my brain i was like abandon this and that and it's raining the entire time i love it i love the aesthetic of rain and horror and mystery and thrillers it's just my favorite um but yeah so pretty much the movie does try to throw us off like the entire time because at the very beginning you know we are introduced to the doctor like he's in the opening credits and like he's looking at paper clips and we see that you know there was a young boy who was abandoned at a motel as a child and you know we hear audio of him discussing things with this man and you know we then find out that there's having this emergency hearing. We meet like the judge and these attorneys and they're like, you know, they're bringing in this individual who's going to be executed because they want to try to, you know, they found some new evidence and yada, yada, yada. So we're to assume that somebody in this hotel or somebody in this motel, excuse me, is this person that they're talking about. Somebody in this motel is a mass killer because they were trying to make it to this hearing, but they're not going to make it in time. And so everybody ends up in this motel because the roads are completely washed out on both ends. Uh, we are introduced to most of our characters in like these weird like little flashback moments that they have because we meet Larry at the motel. He's watching Will of Fortune. And then the, the York family, I guess, George and his wife and Timmy, like they come bursting in and the, the wife is bleeding. And then we cut to a flashback of, you know, the family driving and they end up getting a flat tire because there's a high heel on the road. And then we flash back to Paris. We meet her. She's speeding down the road. We find out that it was her shoe that was left in there or left on the street because she opened up her uh, luggage. So again, like they introduce all the characters like through these crazy flashbacks. Uh, but during all of this is when <laughs> Mrs. York gets knocked the fuck out by a car because as George is changing out the tire because of the fucking high heel in the uh, inside of it. Uh, she's standing at the window, you know, playing hand touching the window, whatever the game is with Timmy. It's not a game, I guess. But, you know, I don't I don't have kids. And, you know, he moves back. And so she steps back also, which I'm like, what? Why would you step back? But she does. And she gets knocked the fuck out by Ed, who's driving an actress by the name of <laughs> Carolyn Susan, I believe is her name. And she's just like the worst type of actress. Her character is so vapid and so like useless in the movie, but she does make me laugh. She's awful. Um, whenever she gets absolutely demolished, I had a great time. Also, from the very beginning, like when they we see the mom get fucking taken the fuck out by this car, in my head, I was thinking like, the track that we were going on, I was thinking like this child has powers. <laughs> oh, okay. And he's causing like all of these things because like he like does the whole hand thing and then like I don't know for some reason I thought like Timmy was like the the thing. I thought you he was like supernatural. Well, I mean, I'm not, but I am. <laughs> no, you're not right, but you're not. You're not wrong at the same yeah. time. So since this was your first time like watching this movie, what were you really expecting going into it? Nothing. I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. <laughs> Expectations, I didn't know was going the bar is in hell. <laughs> 
on the floor. No, I mean, it was a little bit above the floor because John Cusack. I don't know. I've had a crush on him since 1408. Yeah. And he also was in, I forget the name of the movie, but he's the one that like is holding up the boom box. Ooh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's John Cusack. So he, you know, he's dreamy. He likes to wear oversized coats. We've come to learn. Um, <laughs> he has his neck like crooked. Like, I don't, like yeah. he's always like, he looks like a turtle. He's got a really long face. Long face, long dick. That's not how that works. It is in my mind. Did you know that supposedly like your nose size is supposed to have something to do with your dick? That makes no sense. But you know yeah. what? We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. If you got a big nose, you got a big dick. Wow. Catch me Rumor getting a nose has shot. It. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, bigger nose? You don't say. Anyways, um, John Cusack has a big dick. And so <laughs> I, <laughs> I get pencil dick vibes from him. But I. School is open. Pencils are welcome here. <laughs> Let's roll. I'll sharpen that pencil on my hole real quick. No. Right, I have a pencil sharpener right here in my mouth. Oh, in your mouth. Slide it on in, John. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're introduced to everybody. They all end up in this motel, obviously. Uh, also, this woman, after getting completely railed by this car, only has a laceration to the neck. I was expecting like her fucking limbs to be, you know, torn apart or something. Because this, she gets completely knocked the fuck the out. fuck out yeah and i'm just like and then she just laying there with a the cut well i'm sure she has like internal bleeding because she dies later but she doesn't die from those wounds she dies because timmy goes and fucking puts his little bitty hand over her mouth and <laughs> suffocates her to death so like that's i don't believe that <laughs> i mean i don't believe that he did any of this killing but again in the end of it all you know he's an altar this is happening i mean as we're told in the mind of malcolm so yeah, this little boy's not doing anything because there's that crazy scene after the car blows up where he's walking away from it. And I'm just like, this, what did I sign up for? That's I... the part where I texted you. I was like, not Timmy. <laughs> it's the, I thought he got blown the fuck up. And then again, I get whiplash and find out that he's the one that blew the car up. I don't know. <laughs> the shrugging hands up emoji. I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know what to tell you. Honestly, none of this really kind of comes together in my mind as a complete piece of amazing storytelling. But, you know, like I, I said, there's a lot of thoughts, but um, none of them are like completely executed. <laughs> I, I feel I just I don't care for the twist ending. I just don't. People seem to really enjoy it. And as like we've been talking about this movie over like socials for the last week, um, people seem to really enjoy it. And like, I don't think it's bad per se i do think it's in bad taste now but i think but a lot of movies that were made in the early 2000s are true bad now like the climate's just different yeah for sure so again i do think like you know for for first time watch and it wasn't even first time watch but i really honestly didn't remember any of it i remember loving this movie as a kid and i do think it's probably because it was a whodunit with like a, a lot of rain in the middle of nowhere that's the kind of shit that i've always just gravitated towards so like this John Cusack has a big dick <laughs> right exactly that um and probably because Paris she's just so hot and like I again just always gravitate towards you know strong confident women a professional slut yes I feel so bad for her in this movie because everybody dogs on her and like are we to assume that she's a sex worker I guess yeah I think that's what they're trying to uh like hint towards because she lives she's from Vegas so where prostitution is legal. So yeah. I guess we're just to assume she's a prostitute. All sex work is work. People are insane. Yeah, especially Larry. Like, he's a piece of shit. Because when she ends up at the hotel, because she's driving in her own car, and then she gets the washout road, and she ends up hitting a pole. And then she ends up meeting Ed, because he, after dropping off everybody at the hotel, after he, you know, almost killed this woman with his car, he drives to the hospital. They run into each other. He decides to try to drive through this washed out road and gets stuck. And then that's when we get introduced to Ginny and Lou, uh, Clea Duvall, iconic, legendary. She's in this movie. She doesn't do much, but she's here. Uh, but they show up and they give them a ride back to the motel. So that's pretty much our cast of characters. Because after this, then we're also introduced to Rhodes and uh, this uh, prisoner. I don't think we really get his name. But they show up at the motel as well. And that's pretty much everybody. 
And that's when they pretty much start to get like knocked the fuck out one by one. Am I the only one that thought the hotel owner and Paris had like a history? They never bothered to explain any of that to us. And but it's they're because... so aggressive, like right off the bat towards one another. Like yeah. I was under the impression that they like were exes or something. Yeah, I felt like that because like he calls her trash right away. And she like is like, do you still serve food here? Which makes no sense to me because like then he he doesn't like because we come to find out that he doesn't he's not the owner. And he just like recently showed up here and like found the owner dead and stuffed his body into a freezer and just started to take over the business, Mm -hmm. which in itself is completely ridiculous. And they call it out as being unbelievable in the movie. Uh, But I don't know if she just says that because like maybe she's come to this motel before. And she just knows that the hotel maybe has food somewhere. But he seems to know her. So I don't know if he just like saw her, you know, working, shaking her ass on the pool <laughs> somewhere in Vegas and just like knew her yeah. from that. But they never expand on that at all. Well, I think the first thing he says to her is like, we don't rent rooms by the hour. And I'm like, bitch. Right. So my again, my assumption is that maybe he just saw her in Vegas or something and like. I don't know. Cause she's, she's just supposed to, to have like the sex worker look to her, I guess. So she's wearing really jeans that. and a jacket. <laughs> I'm like, well, what are y'all, what are y'all getting at here? And like everybody, all the men in this movie, because when they get picked up by Ginny and Lou in the vehicle, like Lou is kind of being a dick to John or Ed. <laughs> We're going to keep calling him John Cusack. Uh, <laughs> but to Ed and he, you know, he like then takes a look over at Paris and, you know, she's just walking. She's literally dripping in water and she looks wild but he's like oh she's so sexy and i'm just like what is happening and then when Rhodes shows up this other cop who isn't a cop we come to find out he's also a convict um who killed a cop and yeah that shit was wild when that came out i was like what (laughs) yeah like okay sure but when he shows up too and she's like in the vending machine trying to get food and he's just like staring at her so aggressively and he strolls up on her and is like breathing like on her face and she's just like sitting there and i was like I hate men. Like I've never been to this? Paris, he said. And she said, well, you're not going not tonight. And I was like, oh. And she took okay. her Cheetos. Cheetos for dinner. Me. That's a fucking mood. The Trader. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to have Trader Joe Cheetos again. Oh, so good. They be hitting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so everybody's here. Nobody knows each other except for maybe Paris and Larry, but, you know, we never get any type of expansion on that because in reality, they've never met each other. They're all alters. This is the first time that all these alters have been brought together. Um, but yeah, so they're all at the motel and they all pretty much are getting knocked off one by one. Uh, so the first person to die again is Carolyn Suzanne. She, again, is the bitchy actress. She is just here for a good time. The first thing that we hear her talk about is how she had to storm off the set because they put her in a Ramada hotel. Um, so yeah, she's a piece of shit. And when she gets to the hotel, it's very funny because she's like trying to check in and she's like, I want the best room possible or something along those lines. And that Larry guy's like, well, eight's very cozy because she gave him a 50. And then she ends up being in room nine, I think, because when she in her death scene, when she's leaving the hotel room or I keep calling it a hotel when she's leaving the hotel room. What's the difference between a hotel and a motel, girl? A motel is this run down. <laughs> OK. old middle of nowhere hotels. I don't know, like the general definition, and I'm not going to Google it because I don't care enough. But I think just hotels are just generally nicer than motels. Motels are like, you know. Grungy. On the side of the road. <laughs> okay. I guess everything technically is on the side of the road, but this is the motel, you know, like one floor, a few rooms, so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah, so she is in her room taking shots, same. And then she decides to like wander around and try to get a phone signal. And then she ends up getting killed off screen. And then after she's murdered, Ed Gein, <laughs> Ed Gein, Ed wakes up. <laughs> Ed wakes up <laughs> and he's searching for her and he ends up finding her severed head in the dryer, um, which is kind of a gag. The severed head looks great, I will say. Yeah. I straight up thought she was about to walk into the pool. <laughs> and like drown? Yeah. Get like twisted up in that shower curtain that she was using. That's where I thought we were going. It turns into Final Destination or something crazy. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, I was sitting there and I was just like, whenever the the keys start getting revealed, uh-huh. like the <laughs> they have like the next person who's going to die is key number. I was like, what in the final destination? 
Because, like, at that point, I was like, I have no idea who the murderer is. <laughs> is it supernatural? Is it... Yeah, I didn't know. It, it felt a lot like Final Destination. Especially when the stepdad gets fucking railed by the truck. Yeah. That's when I was like, this is 100% Final Destination. Well, and then whenever the car blows up, whenever they're trying to escape death, I was like, okay, this... Yeah. Feels like Final Destination. Yeah. I yeah. That. That's pretty funny. Especially because we don't see anybody like really die on screen. Like it's all off screen, um, including good old Carolyn here. Uh, but yeah, so they find her head, and by her head inside the dryer is the number 10 room key. Uh, and, you know, while Ed's staring at her severed head, Larry and Rhodes come in. They all decide to run to room 10 together, where initially Rhodes had tied up, not tied up, but like he handcuffed the convict to the the toilet right like the i don't even know the piping or whatever but they come to find out that it's been broken and he's disappeared and he's escaped so they gather everybody up in a room together everybody's panicking and freaking out because there's an escaped convict running around this motel and a woman's been found decapitated um so everybody's freaking out and ed and Rhodes like walk around being cops because ed was a former cop we come to find out uh, he's now a limo driver, but he was a cop. But they just do a lot of walking around this very small motel. And I'm just like, what are y'all really doing here? Because they're just walking around. So I, this entire time, thought that Ed was going to be the killer. In my mind, I was like, it only makes sense that he's the killer. And for some reason, I knew that this movie was going to end with like a mental disorder. I knew that. I, I knew that was going to be the case. I didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, but I thought maybe he was, you know, going to be the person who was killing everybody. And we get a short, like, clip of him taking pills at one point, too. So I was like, oh, yeah, he he's the killer. I'm pretty sure he's the killer. I mean, wasn't the case. But when he kept walking around and doing, I feel like, nothing, I was, like, very suspicious of him for sure. Yeah. They gave us, like, little red herring moments with everybody, though. Oh, everybody. Before Carolyn dies, they, they take the time to go to, like, everybody's room and give everybody creepy shots, uh, you know, that Lou guy staring at the door, John's doing a lot of staring, Larry's doing a lot of staring. Uh, we see that Paris has a whole bunch of money holding up, uh, a whole bunch of money in her suitcase. Uh, we see that Rhodes has like a, a stab or something in his back, or a blood stain on the back, because we come to find out that that's where he stabbed the guy who was originally wearing this outfit. Um, so yeah, they make everybody, again, a suspect in this movie, which again, I don't hate. But it definitely threw me off. But yeah, she gets knocked off. Everybody freaks out. And pretty much people just start to die in this motel. So after she dies, again, everybody's looking around, trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. Uh, Ginny and Lou get into, like, this big argument. And I feel bad for Ginny because she's, like, emotional this entire time. Uh, poor Claudia Duvall. She's acting, for sure. She is giving it her all. Uh, but Ginny really doesn't have much going on for her in this movie. She's kind of boring. And not that Lou's any more exciting. They're really kind of boring together. Uh, but they're having this big argument. So she runs back to the room and like she like reveals to him that the baby that she thinks that she or that he thinks that she has is not real. She made it up just so they would go and elope in Vegas because she, I guess, was jealous that one of her friends saw him with a girl at some place that she calls the Hawk. And in my eye, in my mind, I was like, the Hawkins dance. Are they in high school? <laughs> Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is the Hawk? Um, but yeah, so she's crying in the bathroom. He's banging on the door and then somebody comes in and stabs him multiple times and she opens the door and sees his dead body and gets away. Cause the killer comes at her and she crawls out through the bathroom window and escapes, um, and lose dead. And then at this point is when, in, in investigating all of this when ed is taking pictures of that dead body that he sees the key and that's when they put two and two together because they left the number nine key with lou and he's like oh well then the tin key was with the actress woman uh so they're like oh well somebody's counting down and killing everybody intentionally and at this point is when they also discover because the convict comes back he's like he ran away and he ran in circles because he ends up, he just ends up running back to the motel and getting caught by them and they beat him up and tie him up uh, and they left Larry there to watch him, but Larry is crazy and is running around stealing money from people. And when they come back after they discover the key with Lou, they see Larry just standing there staring at them again, like a weirdo. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing, Larry? What are you doing over there? And like, he's like, he looks like a kid who's in trouble. Like the way he walks up to them. It's very funny. But in that moment, they realize that the convict was murdered. He had the bat shoved down his throat, which was gnarly as fuck. I love that visual. 
I love it. Watching a man's throat get <laughs> stretch. His skills? Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, Does wow. that bat have veins? Are you <laughs> excited to see me? Oh, my gosh. Uh, but yeah, so at this point, like, they think maybe Larry is the killer because it was his bat and he holds out a knife and holds it to Paris's throat and she knocks him out. They run into the freezer. The original hotel or motel owner's body falls out. It's frozen. They chase Larry. He runs to the pickup truck and that's when he ends up hitting George because George is trying to shave Timmy who was just like randomly standing there for no reason beyond, I guess, being a crazy person who's trying to kill everybody. Uh, but he ends up getting knocked the fuck out by this car and dying. Yeah, and at this point, the mom dies. The mom dies. There's another key with her body. They go back and find a key with uh, George at his body. And we do get a moment where I just have to roll my eyes, of course, where Claire DeVos' character is like, it's the Indian burial ground. There's one right by the motel. And I was like, not us having, you know, not us having the twist being, you know, that this is all in, you know, these are all personality or these are all identities of somebody with DID. But then also, let's also throw in an Indian burial ground twist in <laughs> let's there. Let's also well. blame it on the natives. Yeah, I was like, this is too much for me. And at that point, I was like, just kill them all. I don't give a fuck. But um, yeah, I cannot help but roll my eyes. It was very stupid. Um, but yeah, at this point is when they all freak out. And that's when <laughs> Ed is like, run the women and child, get out of here. And Jenny runs to the car with Timmy and it blows up. <laughs> like they're putting him on the fucking. Uh, escape boat from on Titanic. He's like, go, save yourself. <laughs> the women and the children must be saved. And uh, his idea was like, there's enough gas in the tank for you to just drive back and forth until the st- storm stops. I was like, bitch, what? I'm not going to just sit here and just keep driving back and forth on this road. But I mean. Well, I- he's under the impression that the motel is what's killing people. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that car explosion is like the one thing. Again, it just. Question mark. I have literally no idea what happened there. They don't bother to show us what happened there. It just exploded. So I don't know if Timmy had like dynamite rigged and like he just pushed Ginny into the car and set it off or what happened. But I have no idea, girl. He is thriving in chemistry. (laughs) He is. He says nothing in this movie either. I don't think he has a line of dialogue. Maybe one. He cries when his mom dies, but that's about it. I knew the little fucker was guilty from the beginning. He was just so creepy the entire movie. I never trust the children. I'm telling you, I thought he was like, I thought he was Carrie number two, just fucking causing all kinds of drama. Uh, But after the car explodes, that's when they realize that the shit is not normal because all the bodies have disappeared and that's when they're like, uh, what's going on? And then they all come to the realization that they're all here for a reason. They all had the same birth date. They're all Tauruses. Their birthdays are May 10th. And so they're like, this is strange. And then as they are kind of thinking things through, Ed realizes that they all have state names or I guess like names based on locations. Because there's Ed, whose last name is Dakota, uh, Samuel Rhodes, Rhode Island, uh, Paris, Nevada, obviously is her name. George York, like New York, Alice York, Timmy York, uh, Larry Washington, Caroline Susan, which I, you know, he said Carolina, like North Carolina, South Carolina, which sure. Ginny's uh, real name is Virginia. That works. Uh, Lou's last name is like, I don't even know, but I don't know. They all have names that relate to locations. And he's like, this is wild. And then he ends up, realizing at that point and or at that point he then ends up in his body yeah. yeah and we pretty much figure out at that point that's the big twist you know they're all identities when inside of malcolm uh the doctor is like yeah we're we're trying to figure out who's the killer which one of you did it and it's just like what and then so ed comes back into the motel scenario uh paris is running around getting chased by Rhodes, um and if he's not guilty, I don't know why he's like running around shooting at her. He also shoots, he shoots Larry, right? Yeah. So like why, if he's not, I mean, he's also a convict, I guess. So he just is shooting to kill, I guess. But like, why are you chasing these people? If you also don't want them to think that you're not the person who's doing this. <laughs> you're not exactly helping your case here. So and like, not at all. Because when Ed shows back up again, finally, and he is able to kill him when he's shooting, uh, Rhodes in the fucking stomach you can see him mouth he doesn't you can't hear anything but he's like i it's not me or something like that 
And I was like, okay, then why are you shooting at people, my guy? Like, why are you then, like, making your case look very sketchy? <laughs> I don't get it. But, yeah, so they kill each other because Ed gets shot by Rhodes. Rhodes gets shot by Ed. And, you know, Paris is all by herself. And she has this dream of going to Florida and, like, growing oranges and whatnot. I will also say I completely just lost my shit and died of laughter at that one point where she's in the motel with them and i think there's only the the four of them left and she's like i can't do this anymore where are you you bastard i'm turning 30 next week and i was like okay girl same but it was just like it was supposed to be a moment for her and i just i laughed directly in her face when she said all of that it was very funny to me yeah it was almost cringe worthy (laughs) The line that makes me cringe is whenever um, Paris is like leaning down to talk to Ed because he's dying and she's like, well, what did you see? And he's like, I saw you in an orange grove. <laughs> I was like, what? And now he should have put in here like, we're, uh, you're an identity inside of Malcolm Rivers who's being convicted for murder. <laughs> he just, yeah, just spills everything out. Yeah. Tell me that, bitch. Don't say... An orange grove. No, tell me the tea. Tell me the real tea, please. But like, fucking tie all these ends together, bitch. Because, yeah, but with all this, I mean, I guess Malcolm is then is like, like, like they just, uh, they they don't find him guilty, I guess, and they were gonna send him away, I guess, of just continue to get treatment with his doctor. But while he's being driven to the facility with his doctor in the car, I like. Paris, in his mind, I guess, is driving to her grove and living her best life. And then, like, we come to find out that it was Timmy that did everything. So they make sure to show us, you know, his little self running around and doing all these things and looking foolish doing all of it. That's for sure. Um, but he ends up on the the orange farm. I don't know what we call this. Uh, what do we call this? An orange the grove, farm? girl. Oh, a grove. <laughs> An orange farm. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> milking oranges and shit and um (laughs) he's there with like a garden hoe and he's just like standing there and she's like (gasps) just smacking it against his hand yes girl and like he kills i'm assuming (laughs) and then he inhabits malcolm's body i suppose and then he kills the doctor kills the driver and the movie ends like that and i don't know identity is a it's a wild movie um again i I don't want to say that it's aged poorly because, you know, we had Split that came out just a few years ago at this point, And it kind of, you know, it kind of took like a similar approach to DID, um, if not even more insane, because like one of the identities <laughs> there is like a monster. Um, that wasn't me. That was Patricia. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Like there's something about this movie. I don't know if it's the 2003 charm. I don't know if it's John Cusack. But something about this movie still comes off as, like, charming in a weird way. I don't know what it is. John can cue his sack in my mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> Girl. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. It's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. But it's not good. Yeah, see, that's where I'm at with it. Like, I don't. I. <sighs> but I would watch it again. I would. I watched, <laughs> I watched it twice. <laughs> Happily for this podcast recording, because like it's an easy, it's a 90 minute movie. It's very easy to sit through. We start getting like all like the, we get the story moving like within 10 minutes. Like we are seeing bitches get hit with cars in like the first 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I'm invested in this. So like it doesn't, it doesn't slow down. It's not a slow movie. It's not boring. Uh, The deaths are pretty boring. I think they leave a lot to be desired. That's for sure. But the mystery aspect of it keeps me intrigued the entire time. And by the time the twist happens, it's so out of left field. But at the same time, it makes the most sense for what we've been watching up until that point. That, like, I I can't, like, really fault it for what it is. Um, You know, putting it all aside, like, I... There's a lot that I do like. I love the direction again. I love the aesthetic. I love the setting. I quite honestly enjoy Paris and Ed both as characters, um, even though they don't have too much development to them. Um, I, I don't know. Like it, I don't hate it. I don't love it. But yeah, I can see myself watching this again. I can see myself having other people watch it. Like that's what I say every week is like if I would 
tell people to watch this or not. And I do think this is something that I would, I guess, with caution, um, like, hey, you know, maybe it hasn't aged the best, but you can definitely check it out because it's still an enjoyable sit, I was, or an enjoyable watch, I would say. I don't know that it's a horror movie. I think it's... Uh, I guess you can look at it more... Thriller, in the, maybe? Yeah, more in the vein of thriller, I guess you can say. But to me, like, that's a fancy word to try to be, like, horror light. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it falls... Horror light. Diet horror. That's... <laughs> I really do think it is, because, like, these... Yeah. When horror films were being nominated for Oscars, finally, they were always trying to classify them as thrillers. So, to me, yeah. like... To me, the word thriller is just horror light, if anything. Like, if you're being thrilled in a way that's, like, unnerving, then it's just horror. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but that's what I think. When I think of thriller, I I just, I still think it's, like, horror. At least in my brain it is. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I, I'm happy that I revisited this movie, if anything. How many room keys... Out of five, should we give this? Room keys. I, I, uh, this one's tough. I really don't know. I really don't, Storm. I don't know what to do with this movie. Like It's going to be a 2.6. <sighs> yeah, I was thinking maybe two and a half. Because it's, it's not good. It's really not. But it's not bad. It's, yeah, see. I think the thing... Because three... It's not good, but it's not boring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't bored <laughs> watching this movie. I really wasn't. I had, it kept me on the it's edge of my seat. It's hard because like, it's not great, but I'd watch it again in like a heartbeat. Right. It, but it, isn't, <laughs> it isn't great. That's what's weird about it, yeah. right? Because I would watch it again in a heartbeat. I don't know if it's just the aesthetic of it all, but like, bitch, when I went to go watch this movie for the second time, like there wasn't a little like, I have to sit through this again. It was like a click. I was, like, so excited to watch it again and, like, dissect it again. Like, it's so wild that, like, I enjoy it. It's just one of those B-movies that is, like, fun to sit through. But it's not fun. Like, the movie itself isn't fun. <sighs> I, I, it's hard to say. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not good. It really isn't a good movie. Like, I can't sit here. Because, like, like <laughs> I'm really not having fun. Like, I'm not giggling. I'm not, like, there's not, like. Oh, I giggle a lot in this movie. Uh, the actress makes me laugh. Uh, just some of the things the that the characters can say. Drown. <laughs> just the way that they're acting and like the way that they're just reacting to everything is very funny to me. And like everything is so like, again, none of it makes sense. And I think that's maybe why I enjoy it. And it's honestly, I'm kind of ashamed that I didn't watch this movie high. Maybe I should go back and watch it high because it feels like something if I were high watching it, like it really would be a wild ride yeah because honestly like when that fucking truck is speeding towards timmy and he's just randomly (laughs) there out of nowhere he's just standing there waiting to be hit and i was like what the fuck is this but yeah you know what i think i'm gonna stick with a 2.5 here uh i would i would come back and watch this i would suggest people watch it and make their own opinion about it uh but I can't for the life of me say it's like a good movie. I do think that John Cusack puts his whole but does he in it? Yeah, his whole pussy into this, and like he really gives it his all. Amanda Peet really gives it her all. I think all the actors give it their all. It just it's very f- silly to me. It really is. The entire premise um, has aged like sour milk, and it's very silly. Also, seeing it all happen, and yeah, but again, like. Watch it, baby. It's a wet movie, and we love a good, wet, rainy movie. I love lots of wet things. Mm, like John Cusack's pencil dick. <laughs> pencil dick. <laughs> John's cussy. John Cusack. Let me see that Cusack. I can't. Let me see your Cusack, daddy. Yes, baby. I want to take off that big Matrix fucking overcoat that you have on. (laughs) Because, baby, I'm really trying to get... I've never seen the Matrix. I'm not going to try to make references anymore. Um, Red pill or blue, daddy? mm, Red pill is you fuck me. Blue pill is I fuck you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are we in room number nine? Where's your boom box? I'm in room six. You're in room nine, baby. Let's 69. Oh, my God. Come on, baby. People are being murdered. I don't give a fuck. Come fuck me in my room. Red pill or blue pill, John, daddy. Why is he hot? I really don't understand. 
Red is fucking NyQuil and blue is Viagra. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Baby, the storm's not stopping. So take that blue pill and we're going for hours. Nobody can hear your screams over the thunder outside. Everybody's dead? Perfect. They Nobody can hear, can hear the clapping in my room <laughs> over the claps of the thunder. I want you to pound me like that girl you just almost manslaughtered in the street a couple hours ago, please. Pound me like that old man did. <laughs> Oh my god. Pound me like that truck slammed into the stepdad. Choke me out like Timmy did to his mom. Oh my god. <laughs> Baby. Okay. Um, I'm about honestly, to make you as hard as that dead body in the freezer. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, I want you to fucking. Okay, we gotta. Uh, <laughs> we gotta go. Uh, this made me want to go watch 1408 again so I can just keep Ooh. fantasizing about John Cusack. <laughs> Daddy. And Zanny. Okay, you know what? Identity 2003. It is currently streaming on Netflix. Go watch it because who knows when it's gonna disappear because Netflix likes to play games with our hearts constantly. And yeah, go and watch it for yourself if you haven't seen it. I promise you will be blinking with no words to say at the end of it. And yeah, Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can email us at slash herpod at gmail.com. Also, they put Scooby-Doo live action on Netflix, and I'm about to go watch it with my whole pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Just you and the vibrator named John Cusack. Oh, my God. All right. Go watch Identity and get the (laughs) fuck out of here. Okay, bye, everybody. Stay spooky, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.